The Healing the City podcast is a ministry of the Village Church in Tucson, Arizona. If you enjoy the Healing the City podcast and wish to support it financially, you can go to villagersonline.com, click the We Give tab, and follow the instructions. Thank you for listening and enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Healing the City podcast. My name is Mark. I'm a pastor at the Village Church in Tucson, Arizona, and with me today, sipping his tea, is almost vacationed. Pastor Eric Seepin of the Village Church in Tucson, Arizona. Hey, Eric. Hey. How are you doing? Good. Good. So we were talking. We were talking um, about a lot of different things. We were talking. We touched on uh, Larry's sermon. On goodness, yeah. Um, from last week, we talked about uh, sort of values and how we organize those things, and we also just did a podcast on prayer, and, and we just kind of thought, well, let's, let's let's talk about some stuff. Let's throw the headphones on and, and chat a little yeah. bit. Uh, maybe oh, I would. I think what I want this little podcast to be is a pastoral podcast, like us pastoring our little community and anybody else who's listening outside of that just to have a moment of being pastored. Yeah. Um, and and so I think kind of what, where we can start, and you can talk a little bit about this, is uh, how we prioritize our lives and how we understand who we are and our identity. And you have a little discipleship thing that you tell people and yeah. kind of think through. And so maybe you could offer that and then we can kind of go from there. Yeah, so this goes back to a a, a Bible study I had that was very um, it was sort of the the first Bible study that I was in that really rooted me into um, life in the church. Sure, um, and it was with the the worship team, my worship team in Mexico when I was still in high school, um, and we talked about this idea of how do we how do we organize our lives, how do we prioritize the things that we do, um, and. So the way I think about it now, after I don't know how many sure. years it's been, <laughs> the way I think about it now is um, my identity is that I am in God. I am a child of God, and I am a priest in his kingdom. That's my primary identity. Right. That's and, who I am. And you can get this concept of child of God from John 1. You can get the priesthood idea from First Peter 2. Yeah. These are places you could do further reading. Yeah. So... I'm a child of God and I am a priest in his kingdom. And under that is I am a husband to Lane. Right. And I am a father to Searsha and Thomas. And then under that is I am a pastor at the village church. And what happens often in our lives is we kind of get those all mixed up. Right. Um, so we engage first as, well, I am... I am a husband and I have to figure this out right. or I am a pastor and I'm going to, I, I have to go do this thing or I have to arrange my life around this. Right. What, it, what am I arranging my life around? Right. And so if I'm arranging my life around, I'm a child of God and I'm a priest in his kingdom. Then when I enter in and as, as a husband and a father and a pastor, that's what's informing the way right. I engage with the people around me. Right. Definitely. And there are two characteristics that come out of being a child and a priest. So the child indicates a dependency yep. and an innocence. Yep. And then the priesthood gives is the primary vocation 
and priests are people who bind up wounds and who lead people to the throne room of God, point people towards Jesus. So those two principles of the dependency and the the binding, the vocation, are at play when you're a husband, when you're a father, when you're pastoring. And and I would argue even as then below all of that, your friendship, yeah. you being a son to your own father, like yeah. a mother, that whole thing is informed by the innocence of the childhood of God, of being a child of God and the yeah, priesthood. And that, that dependency comes out of, like, I am safe in God. Right. And I'm loved by God. Yeah. And if that is true, then I can walk into my relationships and know that I can offer and I can care and I can bind up wounds and I can be the priest in the kingdom because I am safe and secure in the love of the Father. Right. Um, So when I walk into a relationship with my wife, I am safe and secure in the love of the Father. Right. And I am looking to how can I care for my wife. Right. Yeah. No, I think that's really significant. And I think uh, one other thing to add to the childhood part is that you become a child through the death and resurrection of Jesus. And yeah. so uh, there's th- that's where your safety and significance come or, your, or the fact that you know you're loved comes anchored in what Christ did on the cross and the forgiveness and for your sins, the giving you of righteousness, justifying you, and and bringing you into that, you know, let's use a whole bunch of theological words, san- yeah. sanctification. Well, and there's an order to that. Yeah, the, yeah. There's an order to that. Because if I, if I get the order wrong, and I walk in and I say, I have to care for you, my co-pastor. Right. I have to care for you so that I will be loved by the Father then I have it wrong. Right. And I'm not actually going to care for you. In an effective way. In an effective way. I'm going to protect myself and try to figure out how I can figure out how I can, how I can do it in your life. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely this, this pretty powerful invitation to be vulnerable um, through the cross. Yeah. Like that you have, you're anchored there. So that's, that's really cool. And I like that. I, I think, what happens is, is it's not just the world gets so busy and the world gets so anxiety producing um, and things just don't work out the way we want them to. Yeah. And not only that, like the people we deeply care about, their lives are falling apart too a lot of the time. Or there's just stressors or disappointments or, you know, whatever it is. And I think that priority set that you're talking about gets out of whack very quickly. Very quickly. Yeah. Right. And, we tend to not want to be dependent on God because it feels a little chaotic. Um, yeah. And, and so, yeah, that's, I think part of, of the, just being uh, a follower of Jesus require, there's this requirement of really practicing the discipline of remembering that you are a child of God yeah. and that you are a priest yeah. so that you can say, Oh, in my relationship with my wife, I'm a child of God. She's a child of God. Ultimately, first, we both sit in the throne room of our father as little kids, yeah. children who are loved and cared about. And now how do I care as a priest? How do I bind her wounds? How do I point her to our dad Yeah, through Jesus? And I think that the, the discipline of remembering is really important. Yeah. Because I, I don't, you can't see me right now. Raising your hands. But I have up. my hands up here, way up, 
high and I say, I am a child of God and priest in his kingdom. And then I bring my hands down a little lower. And there's, there's a, a, a remembering when I think through it of going, okay, this is what's first. This is what's second. This is what's third. Like I'm going to organize mm. these things in the right way. But that discipline of remembering also happens um, when we come to church on Sunday. Right. Like there's there's a, a discipline to coming to church on Sunday and being reminded and reoriented towards what is first in your life. What is first? You are a child of God and a priest in his kingdom. Like that's first. And so you get this like reorientation on yeah. Sunday. Yeah, no, Sunday is definitely a reorientation. Um, and I think the the idea that we're, there are two things happening in church that are important. Number one, where two or three are gathered, there I am. Jesus clearly says this. Uh, so there's this sense, a more tangible sense of the Holy Spirit. like, And then on top of that, it is a joining together to proclaim the mystery of the wisdom of God, not just to the world, but to the, the powers and the angels. The unseen world um, is, is, is sees the proclamation of who God is and his spirit in his church. So I think that's part of what happens when we gather. Yeah, and that's transformative, and it happens through remembering and practicing all those things. I think that's key. So, how do you remember? How what do are, I, what are, I mean, uh, you come to church on Sunday. What What's another way that you wow. sort of try to reorient yourself towards? I, I well, I being think a child of God. I think my life is a constant reorientation, right? And I think one big reorientation for all of us is to have the discipline of rest. Hmm. So, not the discipline of sleeping right <laughs> or the discipline though the discipline of sleeping is very important it's part of it <laughs> it is i think a lot of times we misinterpret well sabbath as uh fun yeah it's my fun day yeah it's, it's my fun time it's the time when i don't i turn off my brain i don't have to think about anything or i get all these tasks done and when i'm not doing the other stuff i'm doing the fun stuff but i think Rest is all about remembering, enjoying what God has given you and remembering what he's done. And so that means that there's a lot of, I think, one, conversations for me with spouse and friends that are reorienting conversations, right? Because my wife is being a priest to me or a friend is being a priest and they are reorienting me because that's that's how you point someone to Jesus as you reorient them. Yes. You remind them of who Jesus is and what he's done. So that's that's one way of doing it. I think the other way is, you know, people probably are like roll their eyes at this one because it's on this podcast over and over again. <laughs> but you write. You write about yeah. what God has done. You Because you're recording. You're a recorder. And if you can record it, then you can go back and read it. Yeah. One of my, since I have become a journaler, and I didn't used to be, one of my favorite things to do is to spend time with God is just to sit through, sit down and read my entire journal. Because what I find is I'm like, oh my gosh, God, God is just so cool. He told me these things. And I forgot all about this, or I forgot about this passage of scripture that I read and what like challenged me there. So that's a remembering. Like it's going back to the written stones. That's one way. I think the other way is. Scripture itself is just such a beautiful thing to read. Yeah. You know, and I, I like, N.T. Wright talks a lot about this, and I don't do this as well as I should or even a lot, but it's a practice you should try sometimes is to read a psalm in the morning and read a psalm in the evening. 
and read it and then sit with it for five minutes. Don't write anything or just let the psalm come over you. Let the words of the writers of the scripture, worship scripture, kind of just flow over you. That's another way of doing it. And it, it reor- it's a reorienting process because that's what the psalms are for, is to reorient you yeah. in your pain and suffering. They acknowledge them. They show you how to celebrate. They show you how to deal with pain and anger. They show you how to deal with depression, how to rejoice. It's like a, a whole lesson on emotion. Yeah. And, and we're emotional beings because God is an emotional being. So one thing that I've been trying to remember to do that I have I've not remembered every time, um, but one thing I've been trying to remember to do is when I feel like my wife and I need to spend some time praying together. Yeah. Before we pray, I've been reading a psalm. That's cool. And sometimes we read a psalm and it's like, oh, this is like exactly what we need in this moment. Like, let's read the psalm. Okay, let's pray. This is great. Right. Um, and then sometimes we read a psalm and it's like, okay, that was, I mean, it, it's okay. It's rich. It's yeah. good. But like, it, <clears throat> all right, let's doesn't, pray. Doesn't speak to it. <laughs> yeah, doesn't it doesn't speak to what we're going to. But there's still a a rhythm and and a reminder of just the the practice of reading scripture and being reminded of what praise is and how do we cry out to God and how do we um, call on Him to do things and to to be present in our lives when we feel like right. He's not near and all those kinds of things. Right, and and, and Pastor Rod talks about this and he's talked about it for a long time and it's one of his discipleship tools and he talks about comprehend versus apprehend mm-hmm. and it's a big deal he's talked about it he recently mentioned it but he's talked about it since i've known him and, and comprehending god has a lot to do with studying and learning and building knowledge and apprehending god has a lot to do with um relationship with him so like yeah. uh, being um completely consumed by him in a sense um, yeah to to and I, I think that's important. I think a lot of times we we study scripture, we remember to remember what we know. Yeah, and I think that has to be linked to. Well, let me say it this way, because we have the sermon on goodness, and goodness in, is used. Kindness and goodness are often translated um, in the Hebrew as hest in right. the Old Testament. And God is hest. God is good. God is kind. Like, yeah. So how do I know kindness? Well, I know God. Right? I do not know kindness or goodness if I read God is good. Yeah. And then I can define all the good things that God is. I still don't know that God is good. The reality is, is that God is the definition of good. And God is the definition of kind. And so one of the reasons that we talk a lot about encounters with Jesus as Jesus told his disciples, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You've tasted me, you've experienced me, you've experienced God himself. So when we say we need to look at the encounters of Jesus, because this is how we know what the kindness of God is and the goodness of God is. And we see this in the way he cared for people, the way he died for us. Like, But how do we know that he loved us? Well, he died. He acted. Yeah, And so... Some ways of apprehending God is to act as God acts. Yeah. And that's a big deal because then you become the kindness and goodness of God and then you know it. Yeah. And Jesus says, Jesus, so Jesus says, love our enemies. Mm-hmm. And I think one thing we often 
we often get distracted by our by our enemies mm-hmm. or we make people the enemy. Yeah. And I think one thing that happens in the Psalms is we we get this picture of like what does it look like to deliver the, our enemies into God's hands? Yeah. So here you go. Here's here's our enemies. Right. And I was reminded of this on Sunday when we read the story of Joshua and the big wall. Um Joshua and the the oh, yeah, conquest yeah, yeah. of Jericho. Because you were doing kid vespers. I was staring doing, at I you. was doing kids. Which is our yeah. And so I was reflecting on what happens right before that when when the commander of the armies of the Lord gives Joshua the battle plan to just walk around the city of Jericho right. and then shout and the, the walls would fall down. But when Joshua goes out into the, the desert to like seek God and s- find out what he should do, the, this man appears and Joshua falls down on his face and he says, are you for us or for our enemies? And the man says, neither. And that's we get so distracted by our yes. enemies. Yes. And instead of focusing on God and saying, here's what I'm experiencing, we focus on our enemies and try to figure out, is God going to do this? And he's, is he going to, instead of focusing? And that's really what the goodness conversation goes back to is the quote by C.S. Lewis that Larry offered where it says, um, what that which focuses on God is good, and that which focuses on other things is is evil. Like if you turn to God, there is goodness. Right. Um, That's good. Yeah. Good. 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 Goodness. <laughs> say, we got to get away from the word "good" <laughs> real fast here. Yeah. No. I I think a lot of I think this is important because I think we're fed a lot of messages that are deeply destructive in our culture. So as we grow up. We're told that we need to, our whole objective in life is to get a job that's going to make enough money for us to live. And then we need to find a spouse and be, and that spouse has got to satisfy us. And then maybe we'll have some kids if we've done everything that we want to do. But there's this real pressure to have that life. And anything short of that life is not life. Until you find that it's empty once you get it, if you're man, if you're one of the people who managed to get it, the thing that's the that, that Christianity brings about, and I think it's the thing that you know we struggle with as followers of Jesus is that we have that message. The value is the money, the job, the wife, the kids, the vacations, the experience. Um, and Jesus says, no, the only way to life is if you dedicate everything to me. And you and you take up your cross and you let go of all the the burdens of those things. Yeah. And I think we don't know how to integrate that into the job, the wife, the kids, the want for the wife, uh, the education, all the things that may be eluding us. We don't know how to, or that we have. How do we integrate that? And and I think it's. I think that it, part of it is, is um, that we're going to have to. It, it's a struggle to make the priorities that you talked about at the very beginning. Yeah. Uh, like we want to prioritize, forget like your, your priority list. We want to prioritize making a lot of money. Yeah. We want to prioritize having an experience and fun. We build our entire life on, I need relief from, I yeah. need well, relief and, from. And you see that a lot in, in, on the internet when you get lists of like top 10 places you need to visit before you die. You or won't like, um, I believe number yeah. seven. Yeah. Like yeah. you get a lot of yeah. those. Like, yeah. 
Yeah. This is what the priority is. The priority is I need to go see all the things um, before I can't go see all the things anymore. Right. And we're built so much on control yeah. too, right? Think about diets. Think about how to make money. It's, it's, it's a, here's the system that if you practice it, will give you the goals. Yeah. The results to the goals you have yeah. um, in whatever area. And it's like, well, wait, like, is that what Jesus wants you to do? What actually is Jesus asking you to do? What does it mean for you to lay your life down for people? Yeah. How, what does it mean to be inconvenienced for things? Like, yeah. how do you do all that? When do you say no? What are boundaries look like? How do you, like, that's, that's why we, you have to come and be part of God's people and to be continually reminded, reoriented out of the world. I mean, this is what, why we sing Romans 12, 1 and 2 over and over again. Um, we've been singing it for 20 some odd years. Yeah. It's because Romans 2 says that you, you can't conform to the patterns of this world, but you need to, by the renewing your mind, be transformed. Yeah. Um, and then you can know what the good and perfect will of God is. Like, they, that's when you can be focused on what is good. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's an interesting podcast. That was good. Yeah. I think, I hope that that helps people think things through a little bit or at least gives them some questions to ask themselves. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks, Mark. This is fun. Thanks, Eric. I like podcasting. I do. This is, it's just good to have a conversation about where, where, where am I going? Yeah. What's God doing in my life? Yeah. Who am I? Yeah. Am I, am I operating out of that, that I'm a child of God and a priest in his kingdom? Is that my, is that my starting place? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Thanks, Eric. Yeah. You've been listening to Healing the City podcast with Eric Seepin and Mark Crawford. If you like the Healing the City podcast, check us out on Facebook and Instagram. <laughs>